On today's Random Thoughts podcast, I talk about Record Store Day, the Biden administration's leftist mentality, Susan Rice jumping ship, Tucker Carlson being fired at Fox, and a whole lot more. So do me a favor and stick around. Hello and welcome to episode number 231 of the Random Thoughts Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And while there's some very interesting things going on in the world, as always, I wanted to start out talking about Record Store Day. If you listen to this podcast or others, you may know that I'm a bit of a music junkie. And Record Store Day is a thing, well, it originally happened just once a year, and then things like COVID happened, and you had supply chain issues, so they've been splitting it into different events throughout the year. They're all still Record Store Days. Basically, what happens on those days, certain releases come out. Most of the time, they're special limited edition releases. Sometimes they are just something that is a record store day first. So say they're planning on printing up a Billy Joel album. Well, they might do a record store day first where there's 5,000 copies that have a maybe a different color vinyl or something like that. And then the one that will come out in the regular stores that you'll be able to buy at Amazon or wherever may just be a normal black vinyl. In this case, Record Store Day was made a little bit more special because of a Taylor Swift release. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Taylor Swift is the artist. When it comes to selling albums, merchandise, concert tickets, is out right now on tour playing stadiums that would fit. What your normal football team would here in the United States, 50, 60, 70,000 tickets for each event. So she's doing okay when it comes to the sales numbers. And in this case, the Taylor Swift Record Store Day release had the Swifties going gaga. Well, not Lady Gaga. It's a different artist entirely. There has been. Taylor Swift Record Store Day releases in the past. And this just shows you the difference for this particular Record Store Day. In the past, a few of her albums have had Record Store Day releases. And the amount that they were pressing of those, I believe, was like 5,000 to 10,000. And most record store releases, that's kind of uh, what they get, the record store day releases. That's not uncommon. Some of the more rare ones might only have 1,000 or 1,500 printed up. The larger ones, they'll get maybe 10,000 to 15,000. In this case, the Taylor Swift record store day special, which was from a Disney Plus special. 
which happened throughout the uh, COVID times, the long pond folklore. So it was live material that is being released this one time only on vinyl. But they're not just making 5,000, not just making 10,000. 75,000 copies released here in the United States and 110,000 copies overall throughout the world, which I thought was kind of interesting. It shows the vinyl market, I guess, in the United States is stronger than it is over in Europe. If we're getting 75,000 copies here and then only 110,000 total, I mean, I'm not a great math major, but that seems like you're only getting 40,000 what, 35? I'm sure I'm not a math major. If we have uh, 75,000 here and there's 110 total, I know everybody's screaming, it's 35,000 records that they have over in the UK and the rest of Europe. Now, this didn't stop Taylor Swift fans from freaking out and treating this like it was a release like the previous ones where there were only five and 10,000 made of each one because those have gone up in value bigly as my buddy comic strip blogger of the ai.cooking podcast would say you could have bought those on record store day for like 30 to 40 bucks and they're selling now into the hundreds regularly between three and 500 sometimes more i talked about on one of these episodes here on random thoughts a random orange vinyl of Taylor Swift's reputation that came out when the album came out years ago. It's only like four or five years ago on that one. If I'm getting my dates right, which uh, sold for about 50 bucks now selling for about a thousand on eBay. I wish I would have known I'd have bought way more than one. No question about that. But this is what also leads to the hoarding mentality. And the question for me on record store day is always, well, do you go? Do you go to record store day? Do you take part in the insanity of sitting in line for hours waiting for the record store to open? And for me, the answer to that is almost always no. Don't want to do it. I'm an online guy. I know how to work the system. And that's usually the way that I would rather do it, especially when the weather is not cooperating. Also, for some reason, even though we're just outside of Chirac, not a lot of record stores in this area. The closest record store to me is in downtown Joliet. Yeah, you know, you've heard of Joliet. You've seen the Blues Brothers? Joliet, Jake, and Elwood Blues. Joliet is where our closest record store day participating store was. And in downtown Joliet, I just didn't seem like where I wanted to be. And I read stories, posts really, not stories, online. Somebody was like, well, yeah, we're lucky we're here in, I think it was Iowa. We had six stores within just a few minutes of each other. And I'm like, well, how crazy is that? There are no record stores really in the southern Chicago suburbs. There's a few in the north, and there's a place called Rediscover Records that I've been ordering my stuff from when they exist for the record store day release stuff. 
which is how most of these record stores are, which is anything that's remaining after that day of business for record store day, then they will sell it online. And of course, there's eBay, which leads me to believe, you know, uh, I would rather pay a little bit of a VIG for somebody else to sit in line and get it if I have to, rather than go sit in line, especially when the weather does not cooperate. The store that I order from is up in Elgin, which is over an hour from us, give or take. And the weather for record store day. This particular April weekend, unlike a few weekends ago, where it was in the 80s, it was in the 30s and kind of rainy, and people were lining up at the crack of dawn or before. There were stories of people being in line four, five, six in the morning. And that particular record store showed what their quantities were coming in. And it was always rare up until this particular record store day to see anything over like 10. If this store was getting more than 10 of them, it was crazy. It's usually just a handful of each one. In this case, they were getting 39 or 36 of the Taylor Swift releases. And I knew it was going to be gone. You were going to have to be in line very early to get one of those. So I played the percentages. And said, no, I'm not going to go wait in line. I would rather do the eBay thing, which is crazy at this point. Did anybody not familiar with the fear of missing out concept? When you have something like this, a product that just drops, just comes out. You don't want to snatch it up unless you get a good price immediately. And it was fun to watch the amount of this Taylor Swift release go from as far as pre-orders, which I guess were people that either run record stores, work at record stores, or knew they were going to sleep out all night with their friends and be guaranteed a few of these and then try to flip them because there was a hundred or some odd, you know, low 100s before record store to even hit in the U.S., although a bunch of them started hitting from the U.K., And now there's well over 500 copies of this on eBay with some people asking 100, some asking 200, some asking 300. And they were selling for reasonable prices for a minute there, which was about 80, 85 bucks. Face value on this retail value on this release was about 40 to 50. I guess record stores had a little bit of leeway on what they could charge for them. And I don't think that's horrible to pay 80 bucks. If something was face value, 40 to 50, and then the person has to pay tax and then they have to get to their local record store and then they have to ship it out to you. And then eBay is going to take their percentage. That was not an unfair price to charge. Now the people that are charging two or 300 bucks, they're going to end up sitting on that. Some of them I'm sure got lucky because it's easy to make uh, some dumb people part with their money. And I guess I applaud the people that would get two or 300 bucks on something like that. But the Swifty fans are not happy with the flippers, but that doesn't stop most of them from playing the same game, which is they're getting more 
There are whole Facebook groups, believe it or not, dedicated to Taylor Swift merchandise, which includes the vinyl to buy, sell, including all of the autographed CDs and autographed vinyl that she has sold directly through her store. And there's also another Facebook group that is dedicated to nothing but Taylor Swift vinyl. It's a very interesting group of folks, and they are not rational in the least, which is probably unfair just to put on Taylor Swift fans. I think a majority of people online, not rational in the least. I saw somebody post this morning the weather forecast for next week. And I forget which city this was for, but it was for a Taylor Swift concert. They're like, oh my goodness, it's supposed to rain all day on the 5th. Do you think she'll cancel the concert? No, no, she will not. Rain does not stop outdoor concerts. People that don't know this, it's scary to me that people do not know this. And it's not like these fans are 12 years old because I'd be like, well, okay, they're kids, they're morons. You can't uh, hold that against them. These are usually females, or is that misgendering? Is that bad to point out when their 20s or 30s that just have absolutely no clue about the way the world works? A lot were trying to get this album that just came out for Record Store Day. So there was panic in the air. And then, of course, there was hatred for anybody that would dare list that they had an extra one that they would part with for the right price or the right trade. That turned into, how dare you buy more? You took it out of the hands of a real fan. That could. Yeah, that's not the way the world works, sweetie. This is the problem with the everybody gets a trophy thing and equity. That's not the way the world works. This isn't like everybody gets one. This is a limited edition release. Taylor Swift knows this. How horrible is she to release? Only 110,000 copies of an album, which, again, all on vinyl, tells you where the vinyl market is at this point. It's amazing that even that many copies of vinyl will sell. Of course, a lot of these same folks buying it to never play it. Or the funnier part is the amount that are posting that they're going out to get one of those Crosley and I know it's unfair to pick on one brand. There's a few different brands that make these little suitcase players that you could buy for like $39.99 or 50 bucks. Here's a little hint. If you're paying less for your record player than you are for one copy of a vinyl, single or double, doesn't matter. If you're paying more for the thing to play it on than you are the thing, you're probably not going to get great sound and you're probably going to destroy the vinyl copy that you're holding so dear because you're playing it on a piece of crap with a stylus slash needle on those little uh, suitcase players. They're only made to last for like 40 plays. It's not a lot. You need to buy needles for those things like they're going out of style because they do not last they're not supposed to last 
they wear out very quickly. And if you play vinyl records with a needle that's worn out, you're going to do damage to the vinyl because it starts wearing down and then it starts gouging into the vinyl. It's not a good thing. So that was the other panic from people like, oh, how do I play these? How do I store them? What should I do? And then getting mad if they weren't able to get one. But the Internet's a beautiful thing. But just like the uh, one Swifty thought they were going to cancel the concert because it rains. <laughs> I still, it makes me laugh. I'm sorry. There was somebody that was asking, hey, I didn't get one. I, did, I wasn't able to get a copy of this by going out to record store day. Either I didn't have a store or my store didn't have them. What should I do? And people start mentioning, well, stores put these online, usually starting early the next morning. So you have to check those stores. You have to be lucky. And somebody said to check Discogs, which some people may or may not know about Discogs, D-I-S-C-O-G-S. It's a website that's existed for a long time that is a marketplace for music, for buying and selling vinyl and CDs. It's been around for a long time. And even if you had never heard of it, if you were like, well, wow, how do I get this vinyl record? What should I do? And somebody online responded, hey, well, you should check out Discogs. Would you, A, go to Google or your favorite search engine and type Discogs in and at least take a look? If that means something special, if it brings you to a website? Well, this person didn't. They just came back. Well, how do I do that? And at that point, it's kind of like somebody you're telling somebody to Google something or look it up at a search engine. And they go, well, how do I do that? It's like, that's when you eject. That's when you get out of that conversation immediately because you know the person is going to be a dim bulb in a very dim bulb world. But they're mad at the flippers because the flippers got the copies that they want. And most of these people do not seem to know that Reddit exists. And while I know Reddit is a cesspool overall, there is sometimes good information there on a minute by minute basis and of course there are reddit sub reddits that talk about record store day and overall new releases that kind of a thing and that's how i was able to i mean i bought one on ebay for the 80 bucks because i figured well okay let's i felt that the person that listed it for 80 bucks was worthy of the purchase because all of the rest of them that were up at that point we're like, I think $117 was the next cheapest. So I figured, okay, this was at least somebody not trying to gouge. But I'm like, yeah, I'm still pretty sure I'm going to be able to pick some up the next day. There was one store in Ohio. I won't even mention the name because I don't even want to give them any extra business. But it was a big independent chain in Ohio that listed a bunch of albums including the Warren Zevon one that I wanted. There was an Elvis Presley one that I wanted. There were like four of them. And I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. And they were showing what kind of stock they had. The Warren Zevon one, I knew I probably wasn't going to get there because they were only showing one in stock. But the Taylor Swift, they were showing over 50 in stock. The Elvis, and maybe it was the Frank Turner. No, I'm sorry. it was the Ronnie James Dio one. 
they were showing decent stuff that they had at least 10 or 20 copies. The Taylor Swift over 50. When the website kicked in in the morning and I was sitting there, everybody's done it. If you've been on the internet long enough and you want something that goes on sale, you're hitting that refresh button until the page changes. And I hit it right on and I put them in my cart and I hit checkout. And all of a sudden it was like, all of them are out of stock. They don't have any. And I was like, what the hell? There's no way. I mean, the Taylor Swift one, maybe. Because I figured the Swifties were going to be overloading the system, which there were a lot of record stores who their website was not working very well the day after record store day. I can attest to that. And I figured there may be enough Swifties that are overloading the system. But the other ones, it didn't make sense. I didn't believe that there were 10 of the DOs that just disappeared immediately along with the Taylor Swift, that there were that many of the Elvis Presley that disappeared. So I was like, oh, well, maybe we weren't so dumb to buy one on eBay. There was another store out of Vegas and the uh, Phoenix area called Zia, I believe it is. And they showed that they were going to have it. And I went and it was immediately showing that there was no stock. So you went to the Taylor Swift page for the Long Pond release and it just said not in stock. So I'm like, well, okay, I guess those are gone too. And that's when I went to the Reddit group and somebody posted, hey, this store has them. And I went and bought one real quick and got it. And then somebody else was like, this store has one. And then I didn't get it. And then somebody posted, and this was the weirdest part about the whole record store day experience the next day was that Zia, the big place, the independent record stores out of Vegas and Phoenix and that area. Somebody pointed out on the Reddit thread, hey, they're coming in and out. So you just got to keep pounding on the page. So I went back to the item page and, you know, it says not in stock. Refreshed, not in stock. Refresh, not in stock. Refresh, not in stock. About the 20th time, add to cart. And by the time I clicked add to cart, not in stock. Well, that went on for a little while, and I was able to get three more copies that way. Yay. Always have multiple addresses and credit cards ready to go for anything that's a, hey, you can only buy one. But the system was able to be gamed if you knew what you were doing if you were willing to do the work which i guess most people are not and go to look for the information know where to find the information throughout the whole day there was mainly a bunch of people bitching like yeah i didn't get one i didn't get one what should i do oh well i just kept adding them to my cart and buying them because rather than bitching maybe you should have been out there that's the lesson here kids Rather than bitching about your circumstance and crying about how unfair the world is because other people are buying them when you should be buying them, just do the work. Understand, prepare, know where the information will be, and then utilize that. Because Record Store Day is all about independent record stores, small record stores, a lot of which are not even online, which means you could probably find stock still just by calling some of these record stores, there's not a uh, 
a complete outage of these. No matter what anybody tells you, there are still some record stores that I will guarantee you have these in their bins that nobody's checking with them. A lot sold. There's no question about it. So much to the point that this is going to be the very first record store exclusive release that's going to make the top 10 of the Billboard 200, which is pretty amazing all in itself. And it's nice that something like this will get younger folks. I know I'm in my 50s. I'm old, but getting younger folks interested in the vinyl format. Of course, then the next problem is they're buying the cheapest possible turntables, which are crap. So you're not getting a good vinyl experience. And it's more just to have it, which encourages then the vinyl pressing to not be very good. It doesn't matter because nobody really cares about the fidelity of it. But overall, I have not changed my mind on how to deal with record store day. For me, it is still just wait it out the next day. Everything will be fine. And I believe I found everything on my list for face value the next day through independent record stores. And yeah, I broke down and paid a little too much for one copy of the Taylor Swift one just because I wanted to get it. Not having to stand in line, I'll take that as a win. Now, there is other world news going on. I mean, anything as important as Record Store Day, I doubt it. Although the Biden administration is trying to make your life worse, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody listening to this show. But if you're getting a mortgage, and you have good credit, there's a brand new Biden policy being rolled out by the Federal Housing Finance Agency that is basically going to make those who have better credit subsidize those who don't, of course, in the name of equity, which means those of you who have good credit will be paying more on a monthly basis in order to cover the losses of the people that, you know, we have to give them a mortgage because, (laughs) you know, they are poor, but we can't, that's not fair. They don't work, but that's not fair not to give them a mortgage. That doesn't make any sense. We would rather just make the people that work for their money pay because that is what the Biden administration is all about it's socialism 100% making people that work and have the resources to buy a home subsidize those who get a home but can't afford it not fair not fair in the least it is not a sustainable system which can also lead to all sorts of bad does anybody not remember the big mortgage crash Yeah, they want it to happen again, I guess. That is what Joe Biden's folks are, the far-left loons that are working with the Biden administration. This is the kind of stuff that they want, no doubt about it. According to an article on Fox News, I know they have their own issues, says experts have said that under this new rule, people with credit scores in the neighborhood of 680 might pay another $40 a month on a $400,000 loan to subsidize the higher risk mortgages. So you're going to be hit. If you're responsible, you're going to be hit. 
And it's not just people that are hardcore conservatives on the right that believe this, although they don't like what's going on. Even the guy that worked for Barack Obama as the Federal Housing Administration Commissioner, a guy named David Stevens, said, quote, we can do better programs to help more minorities get into homeownership. This is not the way to do it, end quote. So this is all, again, the radical left pulling the strings on Joey. And this is a possible reason the other big story coming out of the Biden administration is that Susan Rice is exiting her post. And a lot of people want to know, well, why? What's going on here? And Fox News also points out that as Biden's domestic policy advisor, that Susan Rice was not to the far left when it came to things like illegal immigration. Now, maybe is that the reason why? Maybe she's being pushed out because just not far left enough. And it seems like right now, the Biden folks, they know they only have a little over two years left. So maybe this is their way to try to push everything that they need throughout the world to uh, happen right now. They need this stuff to happen quickly because they see their time is getting short. The Fox News article says, quote, most recently, New York Times reported on Rice's response to a 2021 memo that showed she recognized more liberal border policies, encouraged migrants to make the journey north and send their children across unaccompanied. Rice reacted angrily to the memo, which detailed the position of liberal activists by saying Title 42 is leading to family separation. Parents are choosing to send their kids on the dangerous paths because these circumstances are so dire. Rice wrote on the memo, quote, this is BS. What is leading to voluntary separation is our generosity to UCs, exclamation point, end quote. UCs, of course, unaccompanied children, because this is all being encouraged by Joe Biden's policies. Come on in. It's great. We want you here. So it's interesting to know that Susan Rice was looking at what's going on on the border. And I'm not saying she was right about anything else or not a uh, conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but understands the logistics here and understands the logic of the situation, which is if you say, come on down, the border's open, everybody come in, that encourages more of this. And the leftists at the New York Times also went after Susan Rice for being like, well, she knew that more children are being forced into labor. These illegals that are coming in are being forced into labor. And she knew about it. Susan Rice did. So it's interesting when the far, far left is turning on her. Susan Rice says, quote, we have an obligation to enforce our laws, but at the same time, we have an obligation to make it possible for people with legitimate protection needs and asylum claims to be heard and to have their cases adjudicated. Now, that I fully agree with. The far left does not. They do not agree with that in the least. 
the whole we have an obligation to enforce our laws part. This is echoing exactly what Barack Obama said. This is not what Joe Biden, though, is saying. So Biden is moving far to the left with the illegal immigration, even from where Barack Obama was at. So Susan Rice, one, probably doesn't like that the far left is now ganging up on her and trying to point the finger at her, but they see her as an enemy because she does not fully believe in their radical agenda, which is what I've been telling you for a long time. You can't exist with these folks. You can't coexist with these folks. They will not allow it. They are not rational human beings that are willing to have a debate, willing to have a conversation and come to some kind of a compromise, they will not. It's their way or the highway. And that is the reason why we have the problems that we are having right now. So why is Susan Rice leaving right now? It may be that Title 42 is about to expire and things are about to hit the fan. She might know that things are about to get a lot worse and doesn't want to be on the uh, on the list of people being blamed for that anymore. But she will be. Don't worry about that. And there's also speculation that Susan Rice may be leaving to help Michelle Obama get ready for a presidential run. A lot of people think Michelle Obama is the answer. I don't necessarily believe that she wants to do that. I believe she would be a force if she threw her hat into the ring. But there's no question that Susan Rice very close to the Obamas. And there could be multiple reasons why she is exiting her post with the Biden administration right now. It is possible that Michelle Obama, if she's thinking about running, that Susan Rice would definitely make sense as one of her top advisors in that whole thing. I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. Or maybe Susan Rice, who a lot of people thought was pretty much running the White House. If she's leaving and we see that she at least had a bit of logic, we see that she at least was somebody that would point out the facts of the situation and understood when it came to illegal immigration that the laws had to be enforced, you had to keep it in check, that if she was too conservative for those folks in the Biden administration, we got to get even more liberal. We have to open the borders even wider. Then you're going to see even more fun at the southern border and if everybody watching this does not decide to kick the democrats out of power the next time they walk into a voting booth i don't know what's wrong with them now when it comes to the media since i last spoke to you tucker carlson ousted at fox news and don lemon released from cnn Interestingly enough, I saw on offthenews.com, which is a aggregator much like Drudge, just without all the crappy anti-Trump stuff that Drudge puts out there. The same lawyer was hired by both, which is a, just a small world. There's no question about it. The folks, it seems, at Fox do not want to pay Tucker Carlson. They're saying he's being fired with cause. 
which if Fox was worried about lawsuits, I don't know why you would do that because this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. There are people saying that Fox has had a dossier on Tucker, basically a file with a bunch of dirt that they could use against him. So if Tucker goes away quietly, maybe we have to assume that's true, but that's all speculation. Don Lemon, we know, was fired because you know, he just didn't have an audience. I think my audience is very close to what Don Lemon's was. Of course, I was making a lot less millions per year, but I think we put out better content here on Random Thoughts and on Grumpy Old Ben's and on Unrelenting and on Planet Rage, which I know a lot of different shows. I need to start consolidating just a little bit. But Tucker Carlson was a huge draw for Fox News. I don't think there's any question that he brought in the most attention. He brought in the most eyes and ears, but he wasn't able to produce the kind of revenue that would normally go along with that because of the way the far left deals with the right. And that is by going all boycott crazy. That's why you have things like Media Matters. They've been doing this for years. They've been doing this for decades, really. Where they go after the sponsorships. Oh, my God. How dare you? How dare you put your ads on Tucker Carlson's show or Rush Limbaugh's show or on Bill O'Reilly's show or on Glenn Beck's show on down the line? And it works because the companies are overall afraid and like, oh, no, we don't want to be boycotted by the left. It's all very, very un-American. It is not freedom. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the worst, out there with a little smug little smirk talking about Tucker Carlson saying, well, it just proves that deplatforming works. Yeah, just wait till it happens to the people on your side, sweetie. This is not the way to have a free society silencing one side is never the answer and if it is going on in your little neck of the woods almost every damn time the side that is trying to silence the other one is the bad side you don't want to be giving that side your support the side that wants to stifle the freedom of expression, the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, the rights that people have to bear arms, the people that are trying to take your guns, they are not good for you. They are not good for you. Just look at what they say. Understand what they're saying. Well, why aren't they talking about black-on-black crime? Well, Bill Maher dared to ask that question, and I applaud him. He's quickly becoming my favorite liberal. He wants to know why. We'll sit there and have nonstop news coverage if somebody goes, shoots up a school, and kills a few kids, which is horrible. Don't get me wrong. But there are kids dying every week in Chicago, and nobody's talking about it. It's not on the news cycle 24-7. And it's because it is mainly... Young black kids killing other young black kids. And I guess it's really not going along with the narrative that we need to get the guns out of everybody's hands. If you start understanding the crime statistic 
and understanding that a majority of these crimes are being committed by one demographic. This is not a problem with middle-aged law-abiding hunters going out and killing people. Not what's going on here. And if you talk about that, then people start understanding the situation. Guns do not kill people. People kill people. And there's a wide variety of ways to do that, even if you make the gun go away. And they also don't want to talk about just what percentage of the deaths from guns are suicides. And we have a huge mental health problem in this country right now. And we over-medicate kids. We tell them that you need all of this medication, and most of the time it does not great things for their psyche. But when you look at when it comes to the gun violence, how much of that is suicides, do you really think removing the gun from the equation is going to save lives? I don't. I just read a story about a 14 or 15-year-old kid who was doing something stupid because his parents let him be on TikTok. And the TikTok challenge says, oh, if you take enough Benadryl, you'll hallucinate and put yourself on the internet while you're doing it, and it'll be fun. Well, it turns out for this kid taking nine or whatever he took Benadryl pills, killed him. Do you really think if somebody wants to commit suicide, they can't just pop a few Benadryl? This is not something that's going to go away. It's the mental health problem that needs to be discussed. How to get the people that are in despair the help they need before they do something to take their own life. That is the conversation that you want to have. Taking the gun out of their hand just sets them down a different path, which could possibly do more damage to somebody else. Because, you know, driving your car off a bridge or going headfirst into a semi will accomplish the same thing that you want to do. But now you're bringing other people into it with you. But this is the kind of logical conversation that the left does not want to have. And it's time that the conversation was had. We really got down a rabbit hole here just by talking about Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon being released. But it's the kind of analysis that I'd like to bring here that you probably aren't hearing anywhere else. Tucker Carlson not being on Fox could possibly change the direction of the next presidential election. And we know that's coming up really soon. But I believe Tucker Carlson is not disappearing. People are talking about him right here, right now. Like he's gone from Fox, which means he's not going to show up anywhere else. Let's remember, Bill O'Reilly was on Fox. He now runs his own media empire at BillOReilly.com. He said he got 700 new paid subscribers yesterday, which tells me a lot of people are dropping their Fox online bit, whatever that was called. I forget Fox something or other because they have an online streaming thing where Tucker had a show. Tucker was like the star of the online bit. So anybody that was paying for that is now looking for uh, other outlets. 
So I think BillOReilly.com and Glenn Beck's The Blaze TV are both going to see upticks. There is conservative media out there. And the reality of the situation is that the cable news networks are not the big bad behemoths that they were in the past because people get their information online. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a television in their home if they have a television. I doubt any of them are not hooked up in one way, shape, or form to the internet. Whether you're getting that directly through your on demand or whether you're getting that through your Roku or whether you're getting that through a Chromecast or whether you're getting it through your Apple TV, people are now used to getting their information delivered to their television sets or whatever screen they're watching over the internet. So I think Tucker Carlson will be absolutely fine. I think he can be a multimillionaire just off of whatever he starts immediately based on the amount of people that would sign up within the first month. Will he go his own way? I don't know. Will he team up with somebody like Glenn Beck? I don't know. And that might be a stepping stone. That happens a lot. Glenn Beck was asking people to subscribe to The Blaze today because he wanted to have what he called a big bucket of money to throw Tucker's way because he would love Tucker to come and join the blaze. I can understand that Tucker brings an audience, but don't believe for a minute because the guy's not going to be on Fox news that he can't be one of the biggest media voices immediately upon starting whatever he wants. Look at what Joe Rogan has accomplished. I think Tucker Carlson, if he goes that route, could have an audience bigger than Joe Rogan's immediately right out of the box. So it'll be interesting to watch exactly what goes on there. But don't look at this like Tucker Carlson is gone. Tucker is just about to do something else. And I think it will happen long before we are too deep into the 2024 election madness. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Random Thoughts podcast, for spending some time with me. It is greatly appreciated. This show is a value for value podcast, which means I put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. The deal is if you get any value out of the show whatsoever, you get to put a number on it. You get to decide how much value you're getting. Did you get a coffee's worth of value? Did you get a Taylor Swift vinyl worth of value? Did you get a brand new turntable worth of value? Well, I mean, a good turntable, not one of those Crosley things. If you did put your number on it, go over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. You can click the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to go the crypto way. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. If you are on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts spelled the same way. And if you are using a podcasting 2.0 app, you can stream some Satoshis as you listen, or you can send us a boost or a boostagram. You can find out more by going to newpodcastapps.com. We do have some people to thank on today's show. 
And first and foremost comes from What Me Worry, which I think is a fantastic name. Who came in with a postal money order. That is the way that the people who really care about their privacy, that's the way you go. A little safer than sending cash. And it also protects your identity. But he came in with a combined, I mean, I think it's a he. I'm not sure. Came in with a combined donation for a bunch of my shows. And I believe what it would break down to for random thoughts is 33.33. If not, you can correct me. What me worry. Because it was a combination for this show, Grumpy Old Ben's and Unrelenting. And I'm just trying to decipher exactly where everything's supposed to go. But thank you. What me worry for the 3333 and for helping support the show. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his $15 a month support. And that is very much appreciated. Go Pirates. Man, they're having a good year. Darian Rundell coming in with 565. Now it came in for random thoughts, but it was a note that was very specifically for unrelenting. But, you know, it said it was for random thoughts. And I did tell Gene he doesn't know anything about audio, Darian, either way. Thank you for the support. And we got a boostagram from Dale Jr. No, sadly, not that Dale Jr. I asked because if it was like if it was that Dale Jr., I'm like, hey, let's go for a ride in the car. That would be cool. But Dale Jr. comes in with 20,000 Satoshis. That's, again, one of them things. It's like a little piece of a Bitcoin, and it is the whole podcasting 2.0. That's that whole new podcast apps.com thing. Came in with 20,000 Satoshis, which today is worth about six bucks, which is pretty good. He said, and here I thought Wikipedia was the fast track to new speak stupidity. Then along came AI and says, want to go for a ride? Enjoyed the show. Glad I found some more sanity to help me through the shift work. And I appreciate that, Dale Jr. I mean, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. I do a few. And I'm glad you found the shows. And I am happy to hear that you are enjoying them. It's always good if we can make your work day just a little bit better. This is part of the whole value for value system. So be like Dale Jr. and Darian Rundle, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, and what me worry and support the shows that you listen to. With all of that said, I will be back again next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. The heart has been in sinus rhythm for weeks. I know I either shouldn't say that or I should knock on wood really hard. We don't know why these things start up, why these things disappear. But right now, all is good. So let's hope that it stays that way and it doesn't interrupt any more of these shows. With that said, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.